2: 18 plus.
1: 18 plus Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Welcome back to another episode of Steeler stat geek. This is steel curtain network editor, Dave Schofield coming at you Thursday morning. One week to go. Wow, I can't believe we're almost through it. Next week, I'll be talking about the Steelers are practicing later today. Yay! They'll already have been reported to La Trobe. They'll have run their conditioning test or run test or w- whatever it is they did That's that they're expected to, to have done. But uh do want to note something. Yes, I, I had a little bit of a different intro than normal. I did this on Scobro as well that it's Steel Curd Network editor. That's right, because we have now transitioned over editorially to the Steel Curd Network. If you haven't checked us out there yet, it's steelcurdnetwork.com It is a part of Fans for Sports Network, that greater webpage. You can get there by going to ffsn.app. Yes, it's .app for now. Um, they we'll, we're looking at doing something else for those that have problems getting to the dot app. but part of the dot app that's good is there should be an app coming this fall. We've talked about that, but just thought'd I'd, I'd, I'd at least mention that one there. For those of you that already checked it out, thank you very much. And we're doing a lot of support for the podcast on the website. Jeff Hartman and I we did the breaking news podcast yesterday about the signing of Alex Highsmith. Jeff then did a, had done a news article, we did the podcast, I then did an article that broke down some of the numbers, which is what we're going to do now. Now I've got a little bit more with it because I, I dove a little bit more into the possibilities when it comes to the salary cap and things of that nature because we don't have the exact numbers yet. I don't know when the exact numbers will be out, who knows, maybe they'll even be out by the time this podcast airs, if they are. Go check out steelcurtainnetwork.com because I'll get a salary cap update whenever I can get some numbers. But we know overall numbers. We just don't know the exact breakdown. It used to be there was an obvious formula. You plug it in, and that's what's going on with the Steelers. And I would feel confident as long as I knew what was – supposed to be the signing bonus or how much was guaranteed the way that it was, that it worked out or, or what was paid the first year. If you wanted to look at it that way and I could, and I could pop it out because the way things were done most of the time under Kevin Colbert was the first year, your base salary for, for a player league minimum, you got a league minimum base because you had your signing bonus, but then comes Omar Khan and it wasn't the same. For example, I'll, the, the very first one that I can say would be Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick signed his deal with the Steelers last year. And I was all, oh, I was expecting, you know, that first year to be the his, his league minimum. It was not. It was a little bit more than that. So the Steelers could have saved a little bit more on the first year, but they chose not to. He had a base salary of 2022 of 4 million dollars. It could have just been right around 1 million dollars. They could have spread another 3 million dollars into the future. No, hold on. I'm saying this wrong. Uh no I'm not because that that is right cuz then I looked and said, "Oh, well, 2023 he's at a base salary of of the lowest. That's because they already restructured Fitzpatrick. That was why. But they could have moved 3 million dollars more into the future. But I think by not doing that, I think by not doing that that he was more likely to get that restructure this year. So it used to be all fine with the league minimum is for a a player that's, that's been in, in the NFL was that long. Subtract that off of what they say they're making the first year. All the rest is signing bonus divided out by the rest of the years. You know, boom, chug, go. That's, that's the salary cap number. Minka Fitzpatrick got a $4 million base salary. The, and the only reason to do that is to say that you didn't want to put any more into it. So it's like, all right, so are things going to be a little bit different now? Okay, maybe, maybe not, not sure. Then you, you look a little bit further. Deontay Johnson, he could have been right around a million dollars last year. I can't remember the exact number from last year, what the base salary would be uh, based on the year's experience because the numbers that I remember are this year's numbers that are that are stuck in my head because I've replaced those numbers. But Deontay Johnson, nope, $1.5 million base salary. Could have saved a little bit more on the first year. Chose not to. So those are those kind of things that you're kind of wondering, okay, what's really going on here? Are they changing up a little bit of what they're doing, how that's going to work? I'm not exactly sure. I mean, even, even when you look at it this year, Patrick Peterson, his base salary for this year was $1.3 million. And then he was given the, the, the signing bonus of, of, what is it, like $5.85 million. I'm pretty sure what, what it all came down to. And kept that cap number low the first year. But it could have been even lower because it could have been the 1.16. Is where They could have gone a little bit lower. So the equation that always seemed to fit isn't exactly there. So when it comes to Alex Highsmith, I'm just setting that up because when it comes to Alex Highsmith's deal, you got to look at it and you're like, okay, well, if they go back to work, the maximum is they could do, it would be this. If they don't and do this amount as the base salary, it would be this. That's what I have for you right now. And that's what we'll get to. But first, let's make sure we've got it. What I wrote in the article at steelcurdnetwork.com is there was some conflicting reports that confused people. And I wrote the article. Then there was a great comment in Jeff's article that I saw after I wrote the article that summed up what I had wrote as well. There were the initial report, Alex Highsmith, $4 million ex- extension for four season. I'll oh, say four, four year extension for four seasons. Yeah. Good job, Dave. Four mi- four year extension for 68 million dollars i'll 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 get it out eventually there we go 68 million dollars four-year extension that's the new money that's the new money so when you look at the new money that's where alex highsmith is at 17 million dollars per season in new money he's not that this year that would be ne- next year he would start that but he is getting paid this year. He's getting the signing bonus this year that they're looking at. So when it comes to to how much they make on an average per season, the, the APY, which stands for average per year, if you look at just the new money, it's 17 million. That's the way it was reported when it was it, and it was I think I think Ian Rappaport had it first. I think Adam Schefter was not far behind. And Adam Schefter said that it was per Highsmith's agents. So and he even tagged him in the tweet and all that good stuff. So in other words, if you're looking at that, you're saying, okay, that look look at where he is. That's going to land him tenth this year. You know, there's 17 million now. It wouldn't count for this year because it would be next year but anyway. But the 17, if you're talking 17 million, that's where it would be. 17 million. I, I put this in the article. There's, there's the, there's the 20 plus million club when it comes to edge rushers. TJ Watts at the top with 20, oh, just over 28 million per year. Joey Bose is next with 27 million. Miles Garrett's next with 25 million. Khalil Mack and Max Crosby are at 23.5 million. Bradley Chubb in, in Miami is 22 million. And Von Miller is the, is 20 million. There's the 20 million and above club. That's how many you got. So you're talking, what is that? Seven? Yes, I think it's seven players. Then it drops down two and a half million to the seventeen and a half club, or, or the roughly seventeen million club, which is Cam Jordan, Harold Landry at. At seventeen point five, Cam Jordan's with the Saints. Harold Landry with the Titans. Then exactly seventeen, like the report was, with Highsmith. You got Shaquille Barrett from Tampa and Chandler Jones with the Raiders. All right, you got that. Where you go? The next one down. There's one person who's above fifteen million, and that's I always mess up. Emmanuel, Emmanuel Ogba with Miami. He's at sixteen point three five million per year. Then after that, you get into the the Hassan Reddick, the Trey Hendrickson's there at fifteen million. Um, Danielle Hunter, Danelle Hunter, however you say it, fourteen point four. That that and then Randy Gregory with the Broncos at thirteen point nine. Those are going, those two are going to be important. I'm going to come back to them because there there was two different ways to look at it. The other way to look at it is the way the Steelers announced it. They announced a new five year deal worth $70.743 million. I don't know that they actually put a number on it, but they announced it's a five-year deal. And then others announced that it was, you know, 70.7. I know it's the 0.43. I saw that in one place. And there's a a reason behind that. So what they did was Alex Highsmith was set to make $2.743 million base salary in 2023. So they said, okay, we're going to take that. You add the 68 we just gave them five years. Now for the Steelers, that looks better because you're looking at like just over $14.1 million per season. So is it a $17 million per year deal or is a $14.1 million per year deal? It's all in the way you want to look at it. It's really all in the way you want to look at it. For the for Highsmith's people, hey, he was going to play this year under the 2.743 rookie deal. That's part that was part of the old deal. What he's getting in new money and the new year's is 17 million. Now, which one are they going to do they look at? For those? I don't know, and I don't really care. All I know is that Alex Highsmith is under contract now with the Steelers through 2027, I do believe. So that's where that goes. Now let's turn to the salary cap. We'll turn to the salary cap and look at that part of it. And first of all, it should be noted that from his rookie deal, his Alex Heisman signing bonus, he still has part of his prorated bonus remaining for the last year of his deal. He was given a signing bonus for his four years of $832,292, according to OverTheCap.com. All these numbers are coming from OverTheCap. Just thought I'd say that. So therefore, when you break that out over the four years, it's just over 200k that he had as a prorated bonus each year. Now, remember, this is money that was already paid. It was a signing bonus when he started, but it just counts each year. So that $208,073, that's going to be on his salary cap hit in 2023, no matter what. That stays there. That is going to be there. So then everything else goes on top of that for, for this year. So, you got to remember that. So, there's a couple ways to look at how the Steelers could have done this. So, it was reported that 27.743 million guaranteed. You know, some people rounded it to 27.7. I'm assuming that it's the 27.743. So, it's the the 2.743 million that he was due to make this year, plus an additional $25 million, that sounds like that's his signing bonus. Could I be off on that? Sure. It was just reported that the 27.7 was what was guaranteed. And then the other report, I'm pretty sure this was Adam Schefter, said about gave an amount of how much he had guaranteed or not guaranteed, how much he was getting paid through the first two seasons. It left him with about $10.3 million, I think would roughly be the, the base salary in year two. So that tells me there's not guaranteed money in year two, unless there's some guaranteed, and then that changes the amount of the of the signing bonus. I'm just going to go that Alex Ismus may is making $27.743 million this year between his base salary and his signing bonus. I'm sticking with that number just for this exercise. Like I say, I'll correct it if we actually get get numbers, but I'm doing my best to estimate it for you, knowing how the Steelers do stuff. So this is is what I'm doing. I'm looking at it this way. I don't know that the Steelers are going to pay Highsmith more of a base salary than what he would have been making otherwise. I, I don't know. So like like I said, Mickey Fitzpatrick got a $4 million base salary to start his deal. But, he, but that's because he was going to have a $10 million salary, over $10 million salary, that was rolled into his new deal because that was part of his fifth-year option. So could the Steelers cut down that base salary? Sure. So I'm going to look at the two extremes. I'm going to say, okay, if the Steelers are giving Highsmith that base salary of $2.743 million in 2023, The remaining $25 million is a signing bonus that gets divided up over five seasons because it's this year and the four years of the extension. So that comes to $5 million in the prorated bonus. When you add that base salary, the 5 million prorated bonus, the just over 200 K prorated bonus for just 2023 based from his rookie deal. I have this coming in at just under $8 million dollars. 7.951073 7.951073 million is what I have calculated. I have that kind of as the max number. I don't know that the Steelers are giving him – I don't think it makes sense to give him a bigger base than what he would have had otherwise. So the question is, did they reduce the base? Now, before I get to if they reduce the base, this means that Alex Highsmith, who was set to count two point nine five one oh seven. Three million dollars against the salary cap this year. Now that it's seven point nine five one, blah blah, that makes the numbers easy. It's five more million dollars off the off the salary cap than we would have been otherwise. So in other words, it, it, it's an extra five million dollars. And I'll get to the salary cap and of what this where the Steelers stand in, in just a minute. So it would have been an additional five million dollars. I I I kind of have that set as the max like I said, just, just for my own idea of how I think they would do it. Now, what if they went the other route? What if the Steelers went back to the way they had done things, and they're going to give Highsmith the minimum base salary that they could for this year, and they wrapped it all into a signing bonus? Well, the minimum salary for, for someone with Alex Highsmith's years of service is $1.01 million. So I went with that. I could have rounded it to just one to make it easier, but I didn't. I kept it there. That means the $26.737 million would go to the signing bonus. That means you have to prorate that out. It's a lower base salary, which drops that first year down, and his salary cap hit and would be $6.564673 million. All right. So that's less. How much more would it add to the salary cap than what he already was going to count? That would have been an additional three point six one three six million dollars. So in other words, Highsmith is going to add more than three point six million dollars to the cap, but probably not more than five million dollars to the cap. That's what I have. So where's the Steelers? Where do they stand with the cap right now? I tell you, my number's off a little bit, and I'll tell you why. It's off from what I would add over the cap, because there's one thing that we have different. I have the Steelers' salary cap. Oh, let me see here. I got to find it. As I think it's seven four nine two four million million. So $12,774,000 almost $775,000. That's what I have. Now, Over the Cap has it a little bit different. They have it over $13 million in space. Now, why do they have it over $13 million in space? They have, there's a 13.249924. We are off by a difference of exactly $475,000. And the reason of that is the contract of Rental Ren. Rental Ren was placed on IR And according to over the cap, this means he had a split contract. So he doesn't count the full amount being on IR for the season. He counts a reduced amount. Now, because it's not in the top 53, that salary doesn't count right now. But to me, it's, it's IR money. When someone goes in the IR, it's kind of – it's almost like – it's basically dead money. Now, it's not dead money in the same like Miles Jack dead money, um, Akella Witherspoon, Cam Sutton dead money. Not, not like that, but it's, it's, it's slightly different. Now, Over the Cap hasn't adjusted for that yet. They have that amount, but they don't count it yet because technically it doesn't count yet. I went ahead and counted it. See, just like I haven't counted the... I don't count the rookie contracts until they sign them because the Steelers have the money. This one's close to... I could argue with that as well. But the question is, does this almost half a million dollars, does that go towards the... What I have is $7 million that they need as an expense through the season? Or do you want to go ahead and account for it before the season even starts? And then that way you're carrying a little bit extra. That's the difference. So it's around $13 million if you split the difference between mine and OTCs. And so if Alex Highsmith takes away as much as $5 million of that, then they're down to around $8 million. And the Steelers are going to need, I have them, that they're still going to need uh, some money. Well, first of all, Joy Porter Jr. hasn't signed yet. That's going to count about eight hundred thousand against the salary cap, so you can almost round that to another million. But they're going to need. I have around thirteen million to go into the season. I have thirteen point one. To me, it's going to be just like it was last year. The Steelers will figure out what they're going to do, and then they're going to restructure TJ Watt for the amount that they need, not for the full amount. That's what they did last year. They could have restructured it for more, only restructured them for what they needed. And how much could they need more? Yeah, they could go out and sign someone else during camp. but And they have the money to do it because they don't have to set aside all that money that they need for the 52nd and 53rd player, for the practice squad, things like that. So they have that other money that they could spend it, but then they have to make sure they recoup it by the time the season's rolling around. So, whew, that went into a little bit. that I thought that was going to be short, and here it was long. But I have a, a question to answer here in the second half, so that's the numbers behind Alex Highsmith. When you come back, I'm going to be talking edge rusher again, I'm going to do some comparisons about a specific question comparing T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett. So stick around. We'll be right back after
2: Chumba, ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase Full work with it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Alrighty, righty, Sewers fans, thanks for sticking with me. Here we go. Let's get this rolling. Whew, here we are. Well, here's my question this time. You probably hear the papers rustling and everything. That's because I am a stat geek and I have all this stuff written down. But this one comes, this one came via email. This is from Nathan Smith. I've heard from Nathan before. He says, okay, I have an idea. Don't know if it's possible. Can you compare TJ and Garrett's stats then do it removing the snaps TJ dropped into coverage. My argument has always been TJ has better pass rushing numbers than Garrett without being a full-time pass rusher, but I don't have access to actual numbers of snaps played as a pass rusher versus coverage. All right. Well, guess what, Nathan? You're in luck because I pretty much do. I got to trust my source. I got to trust where the numbers are coming from. And I You all know that my if you've listened before, my go-to stat site is Pro Football Reference. And I'm using re- Pro Football Reference on almost all of these stats, except for the place where they break it down into different categories of the number of snaps that they played. And that actually comes from Pro Football Focus. Now, I don't always like all the other stats from pro football focus, but this is the only place I can get it. And it doesn't seem like it's like it's that bad. One of the you, the biggest knock I have on pro football focus stats or things like sacks, they don't do half a sack. So honestly, if, if, if a, if a player, let's say TJ Watt had three half sacks in the game, he sacked a quarterback and got a half a sack three times. That would be three sacks, according to Pro Football Focus, because they just say, oh, that was a play where he was in on a sack. So that's why their stats, and they need that for their formulation. When it comes to their grades, I've said it a bunch, but if you haven't been around for a while, I'll just say it again. Their grades are an opinion. Even though they're numbers, it's an opinion. It's a score based on an opinion of how they think the player did on each and every play. They do it as well-informed of an opinion as they can be, but remember, it's still an opinion. So let us let me break this down a little bit because I have from pro football focus the, 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 how many times they were defending the run, how many times the player was was rushing the passer, and how many times they dropped into coverage. Just to give you an idea, and remember, both of these players entered the league in 2017, and, and I'm going to break it down a little bit more uh, as we go. But to, just to give you the comparison, how many times has T.J. Watt dropped into coverage according to Pro Football Focus? They have him, over his career, dropping 483 snaps. Now, I will tell you, this number has gone down every year with the exception of one. From 2019 to 2020, it went up five snaps. But, I mean, he, he dropped into coverage 176 snaps in 2017. In 2022, now, granted, he missed six games, seven games, seven games. He only had 19. In 2021, he only had 48. So it, it, it has been significantly getting less over the years. But still, I have to say, Miles Garrett, 74. 74 times he dropped into coverage. Zero his rookie year. His most was 34 in 2018. Now I say, like, T.J. Watt, yeah, his, he was really low. He only dropped into coverage on 19 snaps last year. Playing in, uh, I keep messing this up. Playing in 10, 10 games, ten yeah, ten games. Then you get Miles Garrett, where he played in almost every game, and he dropped into coverage four times, four times last year, four. So yes, you're going to get some different numbers. So what I'm going to to to, to point out here is, for example, Miles Garrett in his career has 294 more. Pass rushing snaps than TJ Watt, but T- TJ Watt has 409 more coverage snaps than Garrett. So that's one thing right off the bat. So I, this is what I did. I broke it out first. I just I'm going to look at their career. I just looked fully at their career, all all six seasons for both players. I will tell you there's some parallels there. Miles Garrett 2019 only played in 10 games because of the suspension. TJ Watt 2022 only played in 10 games because of the injury. But I will also tell you that I would say when he returned, he wasn't the same TJ Watts, but Hey, he came, he played, he has stats. I, I keep that in the back of my mind, but really I, I can't, I just, you just can't full up, give him a pass on that. So let's look at this career games. I didn't go by starts. just what games in which they appeared because I, could change a bunch of different things. Miles Garrett and these are only regular season before I get started. Only regular season. Miles Garrett 84 games, TJ Watt 87 games. Total snaps. Miles Garrett 4515 snaps, TJ Watt 4703 snaps. Pass rushing snaps. Miles Garrett 2745 with TJ Watt 2000 451. Okay, well, those numbers sound interesting. Yeah, I got to do that math in my head and blah, 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 if you're listening. How about this? How about their percentage of pass pass rush snaps to total snaps? Miles Garrett, rushing the passer over his career, 60.8% of his snaps. T.J. Watt, 52.1%. There you go. So, yes, Miles Garrett is able to just go get the quarterback on plays he's on the field more often than T.J. Watt. So then I decided to say, okay, what about their pass rush snaps per game? Miles Garrett is averaging 32.68 pass rush snaps per game, while T.J. Watt is 28.17. So you're talking, you know, four and a half more pass rushes per game on average. So every two games, nine more snaps, nine more opportunities to sack the quarterback. Now you look at career sacks. Miles Garrett did a lot of catching up last year because T.J. Watt only had five and a half. He had 16, but he didn't quite catch up. He has 74.5 career sacks. T.J. Watt has 77.5 career sacks. So when you look at it as sacks per game played, Miles Garrett averages 0.887 sacks per game, while T.J. Watt averages 0.891 sacks per game. So T.J. Watt, slightly more... St- sacks per game, but here's the one that I thought was interesting, sacks per snap rushing the passer, okay, so that's a good, that's a sacks per snaps rushing the passer, and with Miles Garrett, he is at point zero two seven one, which I would say is 2.71% of his pass rushes, he sacks the quarterback, TJ Watt, Three point one six percent, so two point seven one percent to three point one six percent. So, so is TJ Watt more efficient? I would say yes, because he's not rushing the passer as often as Miles Garrett, and that also shows some versatility to his game that he could go into coverage. But any the Steelers are or are, are reducing that more and more, just because I mean, my goodness, he's TJ Watt. So then I thought, well, let's look at it more recently. Well, we have the 2019 season where you got Garrett that missed the games. Uh, The 2022 season where TJ missed the game. So I'm like, why don't I just look? Let's, you know, let's let's take out the first couple of years in the league as they were getting acclimated. Let's take out the year Garrett was out. Let's take out the year TJ Watt was out. Let's look at just 2020 and 2021 when they both played almost the exact number of games over the two seasons because Miles Garrett played 31 and TJ Watt played 30. So that was a, and they both had pretty solid numbers to where that you would say, Hey, this is some of the better, some of their better career years. So when you look at, let's say just those seasons, 2020 to 2021, like I said, Garrett was 31 games, Watt was 30. The number of snaps Miles Garrett was 1,623, TJ Watt was 1,613. So only a difference of 10 snaps over two years. But look at the pass rush snaps. 1,032 for Garrett, 892 for Watt. So you're so you're looking at what is it? 140 more snaps for Miles Garrett over those two years. The, the pass rush percentage was Miles Garrett was 63.6%, so slightly up from his career over those two years. T.J. Watt was 55.3%, slightly up over those three years. Almost, let's see, almost exactly the same increase percentage for both of them, just in those two years where, you, where I was looking at. But when you look at the pass rushes per game, they both went up j- almost just the same. Um, actually, T.J. Watt's went up a little bit more. Um, Miles Garrett was thirty three point two nine pass rushes per game, and TJ Watts was twenty nine point seventy three. So that was thirty three point two nine compared to thirty two point six eight career, and that was twenty nine point seven three compared to twenty eight point one seven career. Okay, so, sounds good. Um, total number of sacks over those two seasons, Miles Garrett had twenty eight sacks. I mean, that's that. I mean, that's averaging fourteen sacks a season. That's pretty good. But that was kind of the prime of TJ Watts. He led the NFL in, in sacks both those years. So maybe I'm cherry-picking TJ Watts' best two years. But it was the two years – it's the two most recent years where both players played basically the entire season because TJ Watt had 37.5. That means that over those two seasons, Miles Garrett was averaging .903 sacks per game well, TJ Watt was averaging 1.25 sacks per game in 2020 and 2021. And when it came to, so that was sl- up slightly for sacks per game for Garrett over those two seasons. But when you look at sacks per pass rush, Miles Garrett's was 2.71%, the exact same he's been his entire career. So over those two years, that were two of his better, you know. No, pretty good numbers years, it was basically he had the same sacks per pa- per snap pass rushing as he has his whole career, but if you look at TJ Watts, he was four point two percent up from three point one six, so up more than uh more than a full percent higher. So TJ Watt had those two years he he really made it work. That kind of goes to show. What happened with T.J. Watt when he came back last year? Yes, he made a huge difference on the Steelers' defense. Yes, teams had to had to shift to him, but I, I think a lot of people would say he was not 100%. So the question is, this is the year now with T.J. Watt. Is T.J. Watt going to give the Steelers what you saw for the remainder of 2022 last year, which was great? Or are you going to get like what you had in 2020 and 2021 from T.J. Watt which was best defender in the NFL. I mean, 2022 T.J. Watt, when he played, was still really great. You, you can't complain about that. But man, those two years I was looking at, that just goes to show what T.J. Watt was really doing during that time. So I hope that answered your question, Nathan. Um, I, I kind of just went with what I had. So there was some differences there. Maybe you don't like that two-year comparison. If you don't, that's okay. We could, Just look at the full career, and it still backs it up a little bit. But I I think 2023 is really the year to look at these two players. Miles Garrett has been really consistent. He's been, he's never had more than 16 sacks in a season, but he's done it. I'm pretty sure twice he's he's had he's had 16 sacks in a season. He did it in. In the last two years, 2022 and 2021. And in 2019, he had 10 sacks in 10 games, which means he was, he was on pace to have 16 sacks that season. His other sacks were, his, his others were 12, uh, 13 and a half, and his rookie year was seven, which was the same as TJ Watt. So he's really been there and been pretty consistent. So you can't say that, oh, no, he's, he's just not very good. No, but, but TJ Watt, especially over those few seasons in there, he was just a whole, new level. Hey, next week, we'll be talking some more stuff. Oh, I think I'll I have to see if I have enough questions to get through. If not, hit me up with some questions. Um, and I'll see what I can do. But I'm just going to be so excited, knowing that that day, we are going to have a Pittsburgh Steelers practice, even if it's not in pads. The fact that they're not practicing in pads for four days, it really doesn't matter. We're just going to get full reports from practice and everything. Make sure you're checking out all of our podcasts. There was the YouTube premiere of, of Pump Your Breaks last night with Tate Boy Fresh, Big G, and Shannon. If you didn't catch that live, make sure you you catch that on the audio. Uh, you'll have a what you're talking about coming up after this. And then tonight, you've got myself, Jeff Harbin, Brian Anthony Davis. For the Steelers preview. State of the Steelers is bumped up to Friday at noon now rather than on Saturday. Not exactly sure how we're working the weekend now. I know how it's going to work when we get into the season. we got to figure some of that stuff out. Next week, you'll get a return of the Steel City Insider with, uh, with Jim Wexel and Jeremy Ritz. I think I'm finally saying his name right. Um, and then when you're going to have our lap, really enjoyed hearing, here we go. The Steelers show on Tuesday morning, still bummed that it's not a cutting room floor, Be, um, much love to you, Jeffrey. But uh, that was, that's also another really good show that then got moved to, to Tuesday morning. And of course, you know, let's ride Monday, Wednesday, Friday, all the rest of the lineup, all kinds of great stuff, something for everybody. Make sure you're checking it out. And I'll say this, we have more Steelers slash Pittsburgh information at fans First sports network. That's right, we do. There's another feed out, Fans First Sports Network. We have Breakfast with Benz. That's right, Tim Benz of the Trib. His podcast that he's been doing is now part of the Fans First Sports Network. So if you you search for that, that will be through FFSN. Um, He's doing a a daily show during the week, I'm, I'm fairly certain. So make sure you check that out. I know we had Mark Madden Monday. Uh, That was already on FFSN on Monday. Great stuff there. So make sure you check that out. And of course, check out steelcurtainnetwork.com. That's it. One week away. I'm really excited. I'm excited about being excited. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I'm excited about the excitement that I will soon be excited about. (sighs) Thanks for joining me. And as I always say, thanks for giving me.